wrong major. Some may conclude, I, I live in the wrong city. I need to go move to Alaska where it's nice and cold. Some may conclude, I'm just part of the wrong family. Or some may conclude, I just made too many mistakes. I could never be satisfied in my life. But the reality is today, Christ, he wants to satisfy us. I was reading a story about a, a Swedish uh, video game inventor of the staggeringly popular video game Minecraft. Who he made the game and he sold it to Microsoft a few years ago for $2.5 billion. Not million, billion dollars. He's only 36 years old. What ended up happening to him is they did an article about him and they found out that his girlfriend left him. He said, I live in a world that's a, every bit as isolated and purposeless as the digital one I invented. He tweeted, the problem with getting everything is that you run out of reasons to keep trying. And then in another tweet, he was hanging out in Ibiza, that Mediterranean island over there by where the Bible was written. Now it's like a, it's a party island where all kinds of rich people go party. Um, he says, hanging out in Ibiza, he goes, with famous friends and partying with famous people, able to do whatever I want, and I never felt more isolated. In the book of John, chapter 6 and verse 35, look what Jesus says to us. And how many of us know that Jesus has the words of life that we can go to? And um, the Bible says in verse 35, it says, I am the bread of life. Jesus told them, no one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. How many of us would love to go to a grocery store that if you went to that grocery store and you ate some of those groceries there, you never had to eat again? You were just full, you were satisfied, you're like, oh, I'm just satisfied all the way till the day you die. But how many of you ever been in that place where you're eating something, you're already thinking about what you're going to eat next? You go, you know what I'm eating, but man, what am I going to eat for lunch today? And you start, you start thinking, oh, what am I going to eat for dinner today? And what am I going to eat for my fourth meal today? And you have this mindset because you're, you're not satisfied and you're eating and eating and eating. And, and there's an application to, you know, the worldly with the spiritual. But today I want to talk about our spiritual diet because some of us, we're hungry, we're empty. We're like, God, wh 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 where do I go, Lord? I'm in church, Lord, and I feel empty. My mom, she prayed for me. I still feel empty. My dad, he did this and blah, blah, blah. And all these things, I'm involved in ministry. I'm still feeling empty. What is the problem? What's going on? You know, Jesus, he wants to give us that answer today. He said, I am the bread of life. We know that he said, I am the true vine. We, 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 thought of, we talked about that a few weeks ago. But today, I want to tell you that Jesus is the bread that we need. Say, turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is the bread that you need. Go to verse 31. Go to verse 31. And I just want to say today they brought donuts for after service. And how many appreciate those who bring the food on Sundays? We appreciate you. We appreciate you. But, you know, after, after about two hours, we're like, what are they going to bring next Sunday, right? Because we're not satisfied. We want more of those brownies with ice cream. We want more of those. Pastor George was talking about, we want those ice, those banana splits. Amen. 
first point today is our need for spiritual food. Our need for spiritual food. We're going to be looking at the, the two, two opinions, one of the crowd and then the words of Jesus. The crowd of the Jewish people who had, uh, you read uh, chapter 6, um, Jesus had just did an amazing miracle. The Bible says that Jesus had just fed them with five loaves and two fish, and all of a sudden the people ate, they were satisfied, and then all of a sudden Jesus, they, they wanted to make Jesus their king by force. And all of a sudden Jesus, he slipped through the crowd and he left, and, and the Bible says that they, the, the crowd was looking for him, they wanted to find him, and Jesus told him, you guys are looking for me because you guys ate. You guys are looking at me because you guys are thinking about worldly food. He goes, you know what, you guys want true bread? You guys want some true bread? And they're all, okay, sir, tell us about this bread. But they were following him, and Jesus had just done an amazing miracle feeding him food. It's funny, I've pastored two other churches, but it's funny how when you have food at a church, it brings a lot of people. Some of our biggest services were our Thanksgiving services. We've seen all these people, and then I'm like, oh, man, God is on the move. And then Sunday, there's 20 people. I'm like, we should have had food. We should have had food. But Jesus knows this, and he starts trying to change their, their idea of, of just worldly food. and says, okay, guys, I want to talk to you about spiritual food. And that's what we're going to be looking at today, our spiritual diet. Now, the Bible says in verse 31 of our text, this is the crowd. They say this to him. And our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, just as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They said, Jesus, you're, you're talking about spiritual food, but whoa, 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 Moses, he gave us manna in the wilderness, and the Bible even says that. Jesus goes on to say in verse 32, Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven. Oh man, this just got them really irritated. They thought Moses was just everything. But my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So what is Jesus talking about? Jesus is saying, hey, I am the bread that you need. They were saying, okay, back in the Old Testament, back in the book of Exodus chapter 16, um, book of Numbers chapter 11, we heard about the manna. Now, if you study that text, we're going to go there right now. We're going to study that text. There are some applications. First thing is this, is that they were in a place they didn't want to be. Have you ever been in a place you didn't want to be? And then uh, the place, interestingly, is called the Valley of Sin. Of Sin. How many of you know that when we're in a place we don't want to be, sin is always right there? Right? Sin is always right there, and it's, it wants to be our friend, but it's not truly our friend. And Jesus even went on to say in verse 58 of our text, he says, This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on the bread, my bread, will live forever. How many of you want to live forever? We got two people. Make it three. So you think, <laughs> how, how many of you online that are watching online, I'm waking you up right now. Yes, I know you're watching. 
How many want to live forever? Amen. But there's some observations about this manna and applications to our relationship with Christ that we see in the book of Exodus, also in the book of Numbers. The first thing is this, is I want you to know this. God meets every one of our needs. God meets every one of our needs, even our spiritual needs. The Bible says that in the book of Exodus, chapter 16, verse 12, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you'll eat meat, and in the morning you'll be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. So when the children of Israel were in the valley of sin, we see right here, and the Bible always relates, you know, Christianity to the wilderness, especially with the children of Israel wandering for 40 years, okay? especially in the book of Hebrews. So we see that they were in the valley of sin. They were there in the valley of sin and they started complaining to Moses and to Aaron. And they said, Moses, guys, you know what? Man, these guys, they're dumb. They don't even know where they're leading us. They didn't even know what they're doing. Did Moses even have a degree from the Hebrew University of Theology? Who is this guy? He was a wanderer in the desert for 40 years. Come on, guys, let's go back to Israel. Let's go back to Egypt where there was leeks and onions and pots of meat. Who is this guy, Moses? And the Bible says that they were complaining. They were complaining. And you know what the interesting thing is? Moses didn't even know they were complaining. You know who knew they were complaining? God. God knew they were complaining. Moses, it was, he was in the tabernacle probably worshiping the Lord. While they were saying, guys, we used to have our fill of onions and leeks and garlic and pots of meat. Let's go back to Egypt. So they were thinking about food. They were thinking about food. You know, in our life, have you ever been in that place where you're like, you're thinking about, man, if I leave God, I could go back to the world. You know, I can go back to the connection. I could go back and make money doing that hustle that I used to have. Could I, I could go back to my old girlfriend's. My old boyfriends, I could go back, I could go back, I could go back to those old, and the devil always shows us the good times back in the world, but he doesn't show us the cruel slavery that we were in under the bondage of Satan. So today, the application to us is that Christ fulfills our every need. Christ fulfills our every need. The second thing is found in verse 15 of the book of Exodus, chapter 16, verse 15. Chapter 16, verse 15, he says, When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? When they seen the manna come down, and the manna, God fed them with the manna for 40 years while they were in the wilderness. And then finally, when they got to the promised land, they got in there, they were in there, and guess what happened that day? The manna stopped on that day. God will always provide what we need for every single day. Some of us, we're worried about tomorrow. We're worried about 20 years from now. What, you know, what's going to go on next week? No, just, let's just worry about today. Today has enough trouble. Today we have enough grace for, to get through today by the power of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God is here. We're walking in victory today. Today. If you're worried about something six months from now and 10 years from now and 20, guess what? Jesus might come back tonight. You might go be with the Lord on Thursday. So let's just worry about today. 
turn to your other neighbor and say, you need to worry about today. Turn to your other neighbor and say, stop worrying about tomorrow. So they said, what is it? Everyone say, what is it? You know, it was, it, was, it was food. All of a sudden, what is it? And the Bible says that they started gathering. And Moses said, don't gather a lot. Just gather enough. And he said, don't gather none for the Sabbath. They just, you know, just get, no. On the, the day before the Sabbath, they were supposed to gather twice as much. Twice as much. But God said, just gather enough for the day. And God said, if you don't gather enough for the day, watch what's going to happen. And guess what happened to those who were trying to hoard and just trying to have more than enough? There was maggots and there was stink in their tent. You know, when we try to miss church to get that overtime money, when we try to, you know, you know, I'm not going to evangelize when I have that opportunity to evangelize. That opportunity to share the gospel with somebody, opportunity to help somebody who's in need. And we're just thinking about our bank account getting... So it could be like this when we're retired, nothing wrong with that. But you have to remember, God wants us to be content with what we have. And that's why so many of us are unsatisfied because we're thirsty for more. What God wants is thirsty for Him. We're thirsty for more when God wants us thirsty for Him. The manna, what is it? What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it's the bread the Lord has given you to eat. See, Christ is using what is it in your life to draw you closer to Him. What is Christ using in your life right now to draw you closer to Him? What is it? What is helping you to trust Him? What is it? Is it a certain problem? You might not like it, but that's the manna that God's using right now in your life. You might say, what is it? What, what, what is God doing? Manna has, is, is a type and shadow of something that God supplies in our life that helps us to trust Him. That helps us to trust in Him even when we don't want to. He wants us to trust Him. Christ is the manna in our life that's drawing us closer to Him. The last application from the manna in Christ is this. We should appreciate the bread that we have. We should appreciate the bread that we have. Do you appreciate the spouse that you have? Do you appreciate, do you appreciate the kids that you have? Do I, do I appreciate this water bottle that I have? Yes, I do. Thank you, Lord. You know, thank you, Jesus. You know, so many people are look. they look at things. How many know there's pessimists here? We'll just say this side's the pessimist, and we're not saying that you guys are. And we'll say that you guys are the optimists, or vice versa. How about you guys are the pessimists? Okay? Okay, and these are the optimists, all right? Okay? Let's just say that, right? Okay, we have, we have two, two, how many of you know people that look at a glass half empty? Man, that's just, oh, gosh. And how many of you just look at, no people that are just over, like, oh, it's going to be okay, guys. It's going to work out. I know my, my bank account is overdrawn, but we're going to be all right. We're good. And then there's old people, right? But, you know, you, 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 how many of us just, why don't we just be people who we look at, the glass is at the halfway point. Instead of being negative and instead of being so positive, 
And the glass is at the halfway point, and we're going to trust Jesus to do what he does. Because when we're complaining, and we're complaining, and we're complaining, it's not furthering the kingdom. It's not, it's not bringing a solution to the problem. Can I preach to myself today? I, I can't. See, God doesn't want me complaining. Because when I'm complaining, I'm walking backwards. I'm going, oh, man, see, man, that guy wasn't at church today. Oh, man. Oh, man, where is he at? Oh, man, you know, oh, man, man, just problem. Oh, man, just, oh, man, this thing. Oh, man, my kid. Oh, man, oh, me and my wife. Oh, man, oh, yo. And God wants me saying, God, I, I can trust you because I know you're going to see me through, Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm going to go forward. Lord, even though this brother wasn't at church, let me give him a call and let me try to encourage him. Lord, let me pray for him. You know what really... You know, it really can help our lives more than complaining, praying for people. It's so profound, right? Isn't that so profound? We, just praying could actually change the situation. Just praying for someone. And then, you know, oh God, you know, I know you're going to provide those finances. Lord, I know you're going to do that miracle. I know you're going to bring in our unsafe family ones and, and loved ones and all that. Because Christ, he wants us what? He wants us to have a heart to, that trusts him. Now, the children of Israel, they were complaining. The Bible says in the book of Numbers, um, they, they were really complaining. And the Bible says that with the, with the Israelites, there was this group, they called them the rabble. And the rabble, they were people of other nations who were very negative influence over the Israelites. The application that I see from there is we've got to be very careful who's in our circle. Because they can, they can be a rabble in our life, right? So the rabble, the Bible says in, in Numbers 11, 4, Numbers 11, 4 through 6, Moses records, The rabble was with them, began to crave other foods. And again, the Israelites started wailing and saying, If only we had meat to eat. If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. We never see anything but this manna. Matthew Henry, he notes this about those who are discontented. Really good insight for this text. He says, those who are of a discontented spirit. Of a discontented spirit will always find something to quarrel or fret about. Though the circumstances of their outward condition are ever so favorable, the Lord heard it. Though Moses did not, God knows the secret frettings and murmurings of the heart, though concealed by men. God heard you complaining. God heard me complaining. And the Bible says, you, you might say, well, how serious is that? These people did not make it into the promised land because of their complaining. It's It's serious. This, this morning, this afternoon, is there anyone here that's spiritually malnourished? You're, you're empty. You're empty. You're like, God, I'm empty. God, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in ministry. And you think that, oh, if I'm in ministry, I'm going to be filled. That's just not the case. You have to have daily time with the Lord. Let, let me explain. In my walk with God, there's been seasons where I've been empty. 
and I put the microscope on my personal life and I begin to look at my time, I begin to look at all the 24 hours of the day and I notice there's always these common threads. And you know what it is? I'm not praying and reading. I'm not in the Word of God. I'm not studying God's Word. I'm not, I'm not letting God's Word study me. That's a better way to put it. See, a lot of us, we think we need to study the Word of God, but we need to let God's Word study us. And then there's another common thread. I'm not in morning prayer. I'm not praying the way I need to be. There's another common thread. I'm not evangelizing. When I have opportunities, I'm embarrassed. When I have that opportunity where that guy's talking to me and it's just really weird the way we're, we're talking and I have the opportunity to share Christ, I'm not sharing him. I'm just talking about the weather. I'm just talking about who won last night the game. And that's where we get empty and empty and then we get thirsty for the world. We get thirsty for the things of this world. And, and, and there's, there's some things that God has called us to enjoy, yes. But we're most satisfied in life when we're most satisfied in Christ. So today, your spiritual diet, my spiritual diet, when was the last time you were in the Word of God and you just allowed Him to minister to you? Just reading and, and reading and, and praying and seeking the Lord. When was the last time you fasted? You just took a time, Lord, I'm going to fast this lunch meal to you right now. I'm going to sacrifice this time to go in my car to pray, to read my Bible. Because you know how it kind of feels? This is what happens. The best way I can describe it is how many of you ever played Tetris? Tetris? That was the game of my generation. You're playing Tetris, right? Have you ever got to where it's, you're getting overwhelmed and then you just die, all the blocks are all the way at the top? You know in that place, that's where some people are spiritually. They're not praying, they're not reading, they're not fasting, everything. They need to get recalibrated in their heart and with their walk with God. Recalibration is a good word to use for that. They need to align themselves back with Christ saying, Lord, I surrender as the prophecy said, I seek you, Lord. I'm going to seek you, Lord. With all my heart and all my soul, I'm going to seek after you. As a deer panted for the water, so my soul panted for you, Lord. There's this hunger. There's this, there's this desire in your heart, right? So, but when you're close to God, it's kind of like you're in Tetris and you're just nailing it. You don't have to worry about dying. You're just right there. You're getting all the blocks right. Oh, I prayed this morning. Man, I feel good. Oh, I read the Bible. Oh, man, I fasted this week. Oh, man, I, I was just crying in the presence of the Lord. I was just seeking the Lord. But when we get into that place where it's dangerous, is we're like, we're just scrolling on our phones. Just, oh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. We're just around our worldly friends. We're around our worldly friends. We're going to compromising places. In downtown LA, we know we shouldn't be. And we're not there to witness to people. They're... They're, they're what? They're influencing us. See, you know, only you know if you're being influenced or not. See, because I have no problem with people having friends that are unsaved. I think that's awesome because you got to reach them for Jesus. But when they're reaching you for the devil, that's not good. So when you think about your life and your walk with God, how are you staying close and seeking him and seeking him and seeking him? Because what does Jesus say? What does Jesus say? How many know Jesus has the answers? He has the answers. He has the answer. So if you're here today and you're saying, whoa, I need the answers. I need, I need that, that, that aha moment. We're going to find it right now in the words of Jesus. So first off, I want to say, go to the book of Isaiah chapter 55. 
How many of you ever got a gift card for a market and you had like a $500 gift card and you're just out there buying all kinds of food and you're like, oh man, this feels good. Someone just blessed me. Well, okay, maybe none of you got a $500 gift card. What about, what about a $100 gift card? Now think about it, I never got a $500 gift card. I don't think those are, are those even real? So you go to Isaiah chapter 55 and then look what God says. He says, verse one, it says, come everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters. Thirsty, there's a thirst. And without silver, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk, without silver, without cost. How many of us imagine going to uh, Food for Less today and they welcome us in and say, get whatever you want, you don't have to pay a dime. Man, wouldn't we be excited? But spiritually, God's making this appeal or this offer to us. He goes on to say, why do you spend your silver on what is not food? And your wages on what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me. Carefully to me and eat what is good and you will enjoy the choices of foods. Pay attention and come to me. So you might say, okay, well, what's the requirements? Now, he gives us, he gives us the answer in uh, verse 8. The Bible says this. No, I'll start on verse 6. And it really connects to uh, the word of prophecy. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Okay, we got to seek him. We got to be careful with our time. We have to seek him. We have to spend time with him. If you're here and you're wondering why you want to backslide, you want to go out to the world, just look at your time. What are you doing with your time? When, when you love someone, you want to spend time with them. You want, to, you, want, you want to spend some quality time with that person that you love. Then it goes on to say this in verse 7. It says, let the wicked one abandon his ways and the sinful one uh, his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. So then we're seeing right here, there has to be repentance. We have to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I haven't been seeking you. I, I, I put other things ahead of you. I put, you know, this person ahead of you. I put my job ahead of you. I put my money ahead of you. I put, Lord, video games ahead of you. I put, we've been talking about video games a lot today. Lord, I put this ahead of you. I put that ahead of you. And, and, and you see right there that he says, hey, I have to be number one in your life. And then he says this, he says, let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will freely give for my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways. This is the, the Lord's declaration for his, the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts just as rain and snow fall from heaven. Do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat. So my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. So that brings us to the place If the only time we read the Bible is during Sunday service or during Thursdays, it's showing that we're not eating enough. He's saying, my word, my word, you have to seek me. You have to uh, seek me, seek my face. You have to repent of your sin, your thoughts, and you have to turn to me. You have to turn to me, and then my word will accomplish what I choose. Now, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 34, taste and see the Lord is good. Taste and see the Lord is good. So a lot of us are like, okay, I'm, 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 what, what's going on? Uh, why, why, why this, why that? It's because you have to taste and see that the Lord is good. 
And the Bible says in the book of Psalms 103 that he satisfies the desires of those who seek him. He satisfies the desires of those who seek him. Because how many of you have ever been on extended fast and you feel full of the Holy Ghost? And you're not even hungry. And how many of you have had all the food you've ever wanted? You're at hometown buffet back when it was open. And you're done, you're like, what are we going to eat after? Food does not satisfy. Only a relationship with Him satisfies. Only a relationship when you're seeking Him, you're, you're in His Word, you're, you're growing in His Word, that you and I are satisfied by the power and the joy of the Holy Spirit that comes inside of our life. And you might say, well, what does Jesus say about this? Jesus really broke it down on the Sermon on the Mount where he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. As the worship team makes their way up here today, today, there's so many of us that are involved in ministry that are empty. We're empty. Let's be real. Let's be honest. We're empty. We're empty. We're like, there has to be more. Did I marry the wrong person? Did I choose the wrong major? Did I choose the wrong this, the wrong that? Did I? But we're empty. You know why we're empty? Because we're not spending time with him daily. See, the manna came to them daily. Daily the manna came. Every morning the manna was there except for the Sabbath day. Because on that Friday they had a double portion that would get them through the Sabbath. But I want to ask you, sir. I want to ask you something. And let's be honest. If you read the Bible as much as you're on Instagram, if you read the Bible as much as you're on social media, if you read the Bible as much as you spend time with your friends, where would you be with God? See, for some of us, we think that's the pastor's job. He's supposed to feed me. And I, I, I see the, the verses in that, I understand that. But the Bible says, in the book of Psalms 119, how can a young man keep his way pure? And it doesn't say, how can a pastor keep his way pure? It says, how can a young man, and we know young men that their hormones and, and they're facing so many things in their life, so much temptation in their life, and there was a question, it was a, a rhetorical question that we all have to consider. How can a young man keep his way pure? And the Bible says, by hiding your word in my heart, that I won't sin against you. Because the word of God, when it comes in our heart, when it, when it comes in our heart, it's bread. It's strength. It sustains us and Jesus is that bread as you read the words of Jesus through the Gospels as you look at Jesus through the Old Testament 
law, the Torah, as you look through Jesus, through the prophets, as you look at Jesus through the hymns, the Psalms, as you look at, at Jesus through the poetry, as you look at Jesus in the book of Malachi and you see all these types of Jesus and just lifting up his name and lifting up his name and lifting up his name and making sense of everything, all of a sudden you begin to get wisdom, you begin to get, you know to discern what's right and what's wrong. You're bold in your witness. You're ready to tell people about Jesus. You're not ashamed. You're not afraid. Why? Because the word of God is hidden inside of your heart. You're a light. You're a lamp. You're someone who walks with Jesus. And the Bible says that those who are with him, that their face is radiant. It's shiny. It's, it's something that you can see. You know when someone's been with Jesus. You know, how many of us, you know when someone has been with the Lord? You know, man, that guy's fasting right there, man. He's been with Jesus. Man, that sister, she's been praying. She's been seeking the Lord. She's been with Jesus. Man, that young man, he's been with Jesus. And can I say something? Sadly, many of us think, oh, I'll read the Bible when I'm 24 years old. I'll read the Bible when I'm 30. When I get married, I'll read the Bible. Oh, I've already read the Bible. I already know all the Bible. No, you don't know all the Bible. Every time you come before the Bible, come as a student. No matter how long you've been saved, if you can quote Matthew, Henry, Adam, Clark, and you know them by memory, that doesn't matter. Come to the Bible as a student. And the Bible says, study to show yourself approved as a workman who will not be ashamed, but rightly handles or divides the word of truth. As you get in the word of God and you let God's word, you read about Jesus, 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 you read about Jesus. Let one more time, you read about Jesus. It transforms your mind. It's a filter that begins to renew and strengthen and bless your minds. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God transforms our life. And today, if we could all stand, I'm not going to tell you to bow your heads and close your eyes, but you're here today, and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You want your sins forgiven. You say, you know what? I want, I want to join God's family. I want my sins forgiven. You want to join God's family. You want your sins forgiven. If you do one thing, can you come up here right now? We're going to pray for you. You don't have to be embarrassed. We're going to pray for you. Right where you're at, just come up. We have some people right here to my right and my left. We're going to pray for you right now. You don't have to be alone. Maybe you need a miracle in your life. You need, you need Jesus in your life. Make your way up here right now. You won't be alone. Christians are praying right now. We're praying right now for people who don't know the Lord that God would touch their hearts, that God would strengthen them, that God would do that work inside of their life, that work inside of their heart. Make your way up here. You won't be alone. Do you want a change in your life? It comes through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. It comes through the Lord Jesus. God loves you. He loves you so much. And He wants to what? Forgive you of your sins if you repent and turn to Him those who are watching online right in your home to accept Jesus to repent of your sins and turn to him turn to him I'm gonna say this prayer and if you say it and you mean it and you repent of your sins 
You're going to join the family of God today. Say these words. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I have violated your laws. My heart is far from you. Right now, Lord, I repent of my sin. I believe that you died and that you rose again on the third day. From this day forward, my life is yours. In Jesus' name. And if you said that prayer and you meant it, I want to tell you, your life is going to be transformed by the power and the glory of God. Your life will never be the same. Hallelujah. Your life will never be the same. Thank you, Jesus. Your life will never be the same. Hallelujah. Believer Christian, today, today, how many of you are hungry for the Lord? Today, what I want to do is I want to do a radical altar call. I want to do an altar call where some of us, we say, Jesus, my heart is yours. My life is yours, Lord. I want you to come up here and pray, Lord, give me a hunger for your word. Give me a hunger to know you in a greater way. Give me a hunger to seek you with all of my heart, with all of my soul. Lord, let you be number one in my life. And this message is with you. Why don't you come up here today? We're going to pray. We're going to believe today. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Lord, we praise you, God. Oh, Rabba Shendo.